There are times when we do what is urgent, but not necessarily important. Sometimes just because we want to believe important can wait. But until we understand our priorities, until we are willing to be honest and step back and let God step in, then work out the details together, we will continue chasing the urgent, the humanistic, the items of the day, and miss out on the important principles of the divine. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. Sabbath School U, a weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Welcome back to Sabbath School University and an interesting study on a little-known prophet, Haggai. I'm Michael Mueller and this is Sabbath School University. And I want to welcome our guests and I want to ask you to introduce yourself, say a little about yourself, and here's a question for you. On a scale of 1 to 10, how good are you with prioritizing your life? I'm Pavel Tomenko. I'm an interpreter and uh, with priorities, uh, probably it's uh, about 6. Is 10 really good? I think 10 would be really Okay, good. <laughs> so I'm like negative five. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I'd say about like, I don't know, 4.7. Yeah, yeah. And and your name would be? Oh, I'm Sarah Mae Cologne. <laughs> hey. Thank you so much for being on the show, Sarah. Oh, you're welcome, Micah. <laughs> Most of you know Sarah Mae anyway, so, but. I'm Daniel Tutupali. I'm a student, uh, probably a seven. A seven. On right. priorities, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, I struggle with priorities. It's, it's sometimes there are so many things to do and, and then you get caught up and then you forget to take time for the really important things. I wake up and there's like a list of 20 things I need to do. Get this done, get that done, get ready for this. And, and sometimes it's, it's hard. So I'd probably be like 4.65. Oh, <laughs> yes, I win. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the book of, of Haggai is a really interesting one. We, we hardly know about it, and it's, it's a really short one, but it's interesting that we get to study it. Before we get into the book ourselves, let's have a word of prayer and uh, read our key text and then dive into our study today. Pavel, would you do that? Okay. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. Let us pray. Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to study your word. Lord, we know that you have all the resources necessary to us um, to execute our tasks diligently and uh, in good manner with your blessing. Pray that you bless us for this study. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I would personally like to point out that the guy who does speak Russian fluently <laughs> did not pray in Russian. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that out there for anybody that knows the back story to that. <laughs> yes, it's been an ongoing thing for several quarters that uh, Sarah May does know how to speak Russian, but she always try to duck the question. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> Why are priorities important? <laughs> like a lesson study. Why are priorities important in our life? Life is full of many interesting things, and things happen all the time, and um, just can't escape that. Uh, but we also have limited resources, whether it's money or time, and uh, 
we have to choose. Um, we have to make choices of what's more important, what's less important. And mm -hmm. we can get carried away, as you mentioned earlier, do things that are, seem to be urgent and important at the time. Uh, they capture our mind. We can't get away from them until they get done, only to find out that we could have probably waited and done them later. There are other things that are more important in the uh, larger scale. And a basic example that you guys probably all heard since you were in kindergarten. I only heard that, saw that example when I was in college. Um, and it, it impressed me because I'm very visual. They brought a jar out and they um, poured water mm -hmm. in the jar and they said, put some rocks in the jar see if, without spilling the water. And the jar was all, already at the, at the brim. Or put some sand in. And of course it was impossible, but then they started over, they put in the jar large rocks mm -hmm. and filled it till the top with the rocks and then they mm -hmm. filled it with sand. There was still room for the sand to yeah. flow around the rocks. Mm -hmm. and you, when, when you thought it was completely full, you know, they still brought out um, a couple of cups of water and they filled jars jar with water. Mm -hmm. So when you set the priorities right, all those things that you want to do, mm -hmm. Um, you will maybe uh, still have time to do them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think it's interesting because I think as someone who's incredibly distractible, <laughs> there's words for that, um, but <laughs> as someone who can be on a way to a meeting and know that and then see a tree that they want to be in, <laughs> it's really important for me to have my priorities like in my head, what I need to get done specifically that day. Otherwise, I'll miss everything I'm supposed to do. And so I think it's really critical for me personally to be able to know the goals of the day and to know um, what is really important. And I even realized as I got older, I started making the fun things of life a little bit not the priority because I wanted to catch up with you know, my peers or be something good in my job. And so I would start aiming for things that were other people's priorities. And I was losing a lot of who I was in mm -hmm. the process. So like I would forget to play, which is very unlike me, you know, or I'd forget would be pouring out rain and because it wasn't a priority to have fun in life anymore I wouldn't go play in the puddles and so then my whole view though like everything started shifting and so then like my priorities were becoming drier and drier and not me and not me and I think that having good priorities and knowing what your purpose is in life and yes the things you need to get done but also what makes you you is really mm -hmm. important mm -hmm. I don't know if that made sense but hey yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> <laughs> I am I think for myself that the, the big things in life, they are often so intangible. Mm. Uh, spending time with friends, with family, and, and they, they are just these big chunks of things that right. they, they just trickle around. And if you don't take care of them on, on kind mm -hmm. of a daily or weekly level, they just disappear. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the thing, there's always something to occupy us. Yep. There's always a TV show to watch, there's always a game to play, there's mm -hmm. always, and then we forget the, the big things. Mm -hmm. You can't learn how to play the piano if, you're, if exactly. you don't do something consistently. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the difficulty about priorities, that the important things in life are usually hard to attain and we like to postpone them, mm -hmm. while the, the things that are just, yeah, I'd love to do that, and then we go after that. Mm -hmm. I think that's what makes things difficult. And I think the book of Haggai is a lot about priorities. So what is the story of, of Haggai? 
Well, I think there's a lot packed into Haggai, actually, and if you know the history of it a little bit, they have just come out of exile, and it's from Babylon um, to Israel. And then the first vision um, is presented there, and it's about taking care of themselves. Um, and they've been focused so inwardly in building their own houses up and um, making everything about their personal bubble amazing, but they were forgetting what their true focus should be. And God was kind of like, well, I mean, you're not blessed. That's kind of on you at this point because you haven't refocused and you haven't looked towards me and you haven't even built my temple, you know? And so it's just like they've been so inwardly focused on all the little things that they want to do for themselves and making their, their world perfect that they forgot to include God in their world, mm. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Huh. I think it's interesting because the, um, the Israelites, these are the people that had come back, right? These are the, the we'd say the good ones. Right. Babylonian captivity, they all got captured. Mm. Uh, and now there's a remnant. They're actually even called in the other remnant? places, mm. the remnant, <laughs> that have returned back from Babylon to, to, and we'd say, oh, those are the amazing ones. These are the, the, the great ones. They are the ones that are close to God. They take God back on that. And they're struggling in their circumstance. We know that from Nehemiah and Ezra, right? They're struggling. They're, they have enemies that are trying to attack them. There's a lot of struggle. Mm -hmm. And amongst all of that, it was so easy to get distracted with all the little things of mm -hmm. life. I think it's so funny because throughout scripture, this is like the constant relapse of like, look what God's done for us. We love him. He's amazing. Just kidding. I want an awesome house. I'm going to focus on me, you know, or like, yay, God's done all this stuff. And then we just forget and we lose him as a priority once more. And we, you know, refocus back to ourselves. Um, yeah, I just, we're idiots. <laughs> Conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything to add, Pavel? Well, I wonder, does it have to take a dire circumstances for us to be on alert and mindful of what's important in life? Once things come easy, do we forget so easily of what, where we just came from? Mm. Maybe if we structured our life with some priorities in mind, the dire circumstances wouldn't come about. Or if, even if they did, we know exactly how to get through them. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's a... Really valid point, and I think the they were struggling in in their life. They had those dire circumstances. God says, you know, you're sowing so much seed, but you're hardly gathering anything. So you have to work extra hard. You know, I could bless you. Mm -hmm. I could bless you. I I could make things grow more abundantly, mm -hmm. but you have no relationship with me, mm -hmm. and so you're missing out. So you're having to work harder because you're not doing it with me. Uh, and all those circumstances would resolve itself. Life would be a lot easier if we put our priorities straight. Yeah. I find it interesting. I had a friend who used to pray for trials. And I was like, that's weird. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I have enough stuff that goes on in my life that I don't actually need any help with that. Um, the part I need help with is getting out of those, <laughs> right? But he would tell me, he was like, I pray for them because that's the only time I'm really focused on God. He was like, if my life is too easy, I, I'm just, I forget. And he was like, so I need the constant struggle. And I was like, whoa, that's really deep. You know, that's a really intense view on life. But I mean, I guess for some people, that's what needs to happen in order for them to stay focused. I don't know. Mm -hmm. yeah, this past school year, um, 
it was really hard. And I spent so much time, I'm a theology major, so it's like, I can learn about God because that's what I have to do. Mm -hmm. But when I put that ahead of actually having a relationship with him, mm -hmm. it still, it still goes away. And God kind of like kicks me like, Hey, you know, don't forget about our time. Mm -hmm. You know, don't, don't just put school and use this as an excuse for, for yeah. us, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thought, thought that was a little difficult. But <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's really hard to focus on God, especially I think if you're studying God in some yeah. instances, because it becomes a topic to study rather than yeah, a person, a person yeah. <laughs> or like a tangible relationship. Right. But I have a question. Go ahead. Okay. So, <laughs> yes. Um, so when we're reading through this, it seems like God's really self-focused. Like, um, he's like, yay, I'm glad your house is awesome, but mine's not. You should hook me up. So, doesn't that kind of make God materialistic-y? And very selfish. And selfish. Selfish. That's a very good question in this book, uh, and I'm glad, glad you raised that. Is God so self-focused that he just wants to be number one? Wouldn't we say about somebody else, that's pretty arrogant. Yeah. <laughs> what is he asking here? He's asking for his temple, for house of God. And if we look at the purpose for the house of God, it's to gather people together. Mm -hmm. So maybe there is actually a message to the people in disguise that I want the house for myself so I can bring all of you together. Mm -hmm. So that maybe later down the road, you don't grow into individ individualistic maybe tendencies mm -hmm. and try to strive to see who is better, you know, mm -hmm. go for, all for, for, for yourself. Your logic is astounding. <laughs> That's just <laughs> I was pondering. Again, it goes back to me being like, really like, why? Let's talk about it. Okay. That's a good point. I, I like that point. I think there's, there, there's community. Are there, are there other aspects, Daniel? I mean, isn't life better when God is first anyway? Like, does he need to remind us that he should be first? Like, kind of what he's doing to them right now. Um, I don't know, if we had already had him first in our lives or in their lives, then he wouldn't have needed to be like, hey guys, remember me? Hmm. I could do so much more for you if you did. Hmm. But, I mean, I don't know, you know? That's true. I think that's right. And I think it goes back to this idea that, that God is the life giver, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This, is, this is like cutting off your umbilical cord and saying, I, I can do without it. <laughs> I, I don't think that God really cares that much about the temple. And that's why he even took it away from them because for people, it had become kind of like this idol. This is where God is. We got him captured. We have him in a box. Yeah. And, and God is bigger than a box. And what he really wants is this relationship. And certainly for people that build their own houses, like in Haggai's mm -hmm. time, it's like, reminder, hello, you built pretty houses for yourself. Be sure to not forget me in that, in that uh, process. Yes. And I think it's really cool because as I was an art major first and my best friend was an interior design major and so we would do projects together. And I remember one time we were helping someone with their house and redecorating and to see the enthusiasm of them, you know, decorating their house and picking out furniture and, you know, doing all stuff, it was making it theirs. And so they were so focused on this new place that they were going and um, how they were going to create it to be a place that their friends would feel comfortable and everything. And I think when your your focus is on making you know, a place to worship a communal thing, then automatically your relationships and your, you know, you're going to be connected mm -hmm. with the purpose in it. And so maybe 
though, yes, it, for me, it sounds kind of like God's being a little materialistic. I think he knows us as human beings so well that he knows that we need a task or like some focus point in order for us to actually reach out to him. And so he's kind of like, hey, you should refocus and do yeah. this because then that will f solve all these other things that are behind, you know, like the community issue or the, the focusing on God issue or whatever it may be. I think that's a, that's a very important point. And it kind of brings together what, what Pablo, you said earlier, that mm -hmm. it builds, builds community. At the same time, I think it, it also shows God wants to be in the center of things. Mm -hmm. he, wants to be, he wants to be represented. And these people had a relationship with God to some extent, right? They're not mm -hmm. so far away from God that God can't send a prophet and call them back. And, they're, and, and they actually even respond to the message. Uh, so they're not, but there's this, this aspect of, yeah, God is our buddy and, and, and he is around here. And that's one important aspect of who God is. But there's also the, the aspect that God is so much bigger than we are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he is the creator of the universe. And we need to keep right. those two in balance. And, and maybe, just maybe, they had this balance kind of skewed towards one direction. Mm -hmm. God is our friend, we're buddy-buddy, we're in good relationship with him, so now we can build our house. But they forgot that God is also the creator. And maybe God needs to remind them with a magnificent structure yeah. because that actually works for us, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. We go to amazing buildings, we see ca mm -hmm. cathedrals, or we see big, uh, big Empire State buildings or huge mm -hmm. things and we're impressed. Mm -hmm. yeah. And maybe there's also that, I want you to be impressed of who I am. And maybe that is, mm -hmm. that is one aspect. Absolutely. Let's move on to chapter two. So in the first one, we talked about God um, setting, set your priority state. In chapter two, we get a new new message mm -hmm. to the people. What is the message of Haggai chapter two? Um, the message here, well, they, it's interesting because they actually listen to God's message in chapter one, and so they start building the temple, and the people are all excited, and they're happy, and they're putting this thing together, and uh, so we see in chapter two here, and in like, I think Nehemiah and Ezra, probably, uh, <laughs> The the people are <laughs> good guy. The the people are looking at what they're making and they're just I don't know, dis discouraged, I guess. They're they're not they're not happy with what they're making because it's not as good as it was mm -hmm. um before the exile and before the destruction and God comes in and says, Guys, it's okay. You know, keep going, keep building, um, because this isn't I don't know, it's not really for you. It's not it's not about the um, the beauty of it that'll make it beautiful. I guess it's mm -hmm. that I'm going to be living there and I'm going to be with you guys and mm -hmm. that's what makes it beautiful. And um, yeah, I think that's that's chapter two. <laughs> yeah. Kind of the, the summary, right? They're yeah. discouraged because they can't live up to their own expectations mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and let alone God's expectations. Right. I wonder if they maybe get sidetracked here, God is inviting them to be in a relationship with Him and put Him first. And, you know, appearances don't really matter as much. Solomon had his heydays and his high time of magnificent temple. And mm -hmm. uh, now we have maybe t time to refocus and to build a temple, but make sure that you're concentrating on the relationship with me. Mm -hmm. And not as much as uh, what you used to have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. It changes, it changes focus. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just do it for me, rather than making it this, this amazing thing. Mm -hmm. um, if you can make it amazing, sure, go ahead. But that's not where you are right now. Mm -hmm. What I want is that relationship. 
It's easy to get discouraged, right? Mm -hmm. And these people are discouraged here and God gives them hope. Have you experienced discouragement and how has God led you through that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, I have a great example. So as some people know, I actually don't know if you know, but I grew up overseas and that was my life. Never in the US really. We'd come to visit the US and it was fun for like the month we'd be here every other year. But other than that, I didn't really have any major connection to the U.S. And I remember when I was sent back to the U.S., what most people's dreams from, you know, not in the U.S. are to come to the U.S. Mm -hmm. And I came back and I was such an angry person. I just, I couldn't handle it because it's not where my heart was. And I was super discouraged because I felt like my whole life up to that point, up to the age of 13, was ministry and involvement in the community and loving people that were not like me and all this stuff. And I moved to the U.S. and I walk into the cereal aisle and there's like 8 billion types of cereal (laughs) to choose from. And I just could not, like I was having meltdowns on a daily basis by how our focus was just so skewed and just messed up and how um, I just didn't know how to relate to the culture. And I was just really discouraged about like what my purpose in life would be once I moved here because Mm -hmm. I just, everything was handed to me and I didn't know what to do. And I remember um, I had to really work on that one for years. It probably took me like two or three years through half of high school to realize that there was just as much of a mission field and just not, you know, like as many people to love and work with in the U.S. as Mm -hmm. there were overseas. And I think that God really worked on me to refocus what my life was and why I was around. It wasn't to go and like, Um, translate in Russia, you know, Mm -hmm. or like to help people with grocery shopping in Russia or to go with the village kids in Africa and, you know, do felts. I mean, there were moments for that, but it's about relationships with people and God definitely had to work on me to not shut down all possibilities in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a a student missionary in the Marshall Islands and I taught Bible (laughs) and I was super excited for that. And uh, I came in. I, I don't. I don't know. I didn't know how to teach. Um, but the, Those are the best teachers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the like three days of training that we had, I thought was enough. And so I came in. I was like super strict and uh, like teaching very rigidly, mm-hmm. like according to what my book said. Mm-hmm. And the kids just weren't connecting, and I wasn't connecting with them. It was like make sure you guys get this lesson and that's it. And I didn't like try to talk to them or anything outside. And uh, after a few months, I was getting burnt out and I'd, I had forgotten why I was there. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was more than just teaching Bible, but to really connect with other people. Right. And um, I don't know, it, I didn't start getting better, I think, until January. Mm-hmm. So it took a good like five months. Mm-hmm. But you know, God helped me work through that. And he's like, just remember where your focus is this right. year. Just remember that. So right. I guess that goes back to the priorities. And mm-hmm. the, yeah, so. Yeah, absolutely. A perspective. Maybe sometimes we don't see the bigger picture. And uh, when we discourage, one uh, point that I try to make for myself is to know that there is a plan for me. And uh, second one, I want I, I I pray that God reveals that plan to me, so that when I understand that there is a purpose to what I'm doing, mm-hmm. even though I don't see that there is it's being fulfilling or it's being 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 very fruitful, I know that He has a purpose for me. And if I understand that purpose, if I 
see what I'm doing is has a effect in the ultimate sense in the in the bigger perspective then uh, it's a lot more encouraging to me mm-hmm. I think that's really helpful to see the bigger bigger picture mm-hmm. to have that relationship to other people that can mm-hmm. that can really help us I can resonate with these people mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. they want to do something for God but they realize whatever we do is not gonna cut it I mean, right. God is so great so amazing look at the the sanctuary and all the gold mm-hmm. that they carved and all of that and then look at Solomon what he did and even mm-hmm. bigger splendor mm-hmm. and now we're here and uh, they stole all our gold they stole our we <laughs> came here with with a suitcase and that's it and we're having to rebuild life from scratch mm-hmm. and it is very difficult and whatever we're going to do is not gonna not gonna match up mm-hmm. and the temptation is to say then let's not even do it and, and that's, I think, what the people in Haggai's time were struggling with. And, and it's so easy. Um, I had an, I was doing uh, sessions and a series to invite people to come to church, to engage them in, in church. I remember that. And, and you're doing something for God, and, and nobody's really responding. Nobody's, mm-hmm. nobody's out there. You're trying your best, and then it's so easy to say, Mm-hmm. Let's just not do anything yeah, at all. Mm-hmm. We're just happy sitting around and, and we chilling. We have our community. Why do we need anyone I'm else? I'm saved, <laughs> so why do I need to worry about somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. It's so easy to do that. Mm-hmm. And yet that's not what we're called for. And God here gives amazing hope to these people. In Haggai chapter 2, verse 9, I just find this really amazing. He says, The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former. This house shall be more beautiful than Solomon's house. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you contribute. It's not even a, it's not primarily about you. It is about me and you, Daniel, already pointed out that. And then he goes on, um, and in this place I will give peace, mm-hmm. declares the Lord of hosts. And, and that peace is then fulfilled when Jesus speaks. And this peace I give to you, not the peace of this world, but my peace. Jesus is that fulfillment. And this, this brings that combination. It's about God. It's about Jesus. And that's, that's what you said, right? It's about the bigger perspective, not just our own perspective. And that can give us that motivation to keep on going. And it, mm-hmm. and it did for the people back then. Mm-hmm. How did the Israelites respond to the message? So we have two messages. One, prioritize. Number two, don't be discouraged. How did they respond to that? Um, I think positively would be the right, <laughs> the right answer. In the in God's first message to them, they they listen, right? They they say, okay, yeah, you're right. We haven't been building, your, you know, thinking about you. I guess we've been thinking about ourselves. And then they start working on God's temple. Um, and I think in uh, in comparison to other prophets, um, the the response is better. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, they yeah. they do respond at the end, yeah, and that's yeah. the amazing thing, right? Yeah. Other than some of the other prophetic books where God has to give words of condemnation, God says, right. "Here, I'll give you hope," and they respond, and that's the wonderful thing. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for being on the show. There's still more that we could discover, mm-hmm. but our time is up. Okay. Thank you so much for being here. The message of Haggai is one of encouragement and support, of priorities and of God giving new hope to these people. 
If you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.cyberschoolu.org, and you can also join us on Facebook right off of our site. For Cyber School U, I'm Michael Mueller. We'll see you next week.